Good evening, Newark family, and welcome back once again this Sunday evening to another round of our weekly devotions as we continue to stay at home during this shelter-at-home time period as my fellow pastoral team members and I continue to bring this series from the bunker as we're referring to it internally. And it's my pleasure to start off a new week with a new round of devotions. Before we turn to that, however, I want to make a quick announcement for our parents in particular, specifically our parents of our KBN age group. I am not sure that all of you realize this, but each day as we are posting these devotions, I realize many of you are going directly to Facebook to access these devotions. All of these devotions and the links for them can be found both for Facebook and YouTube on our church website. And so if you go to the Gathering Hub at our church webpage at newarkupc.info and you click on the Gathering Hub, you will see all of the previous week's devotions and they'll be stacked, working your way up the webpage, chronologically by date with links to them. Now the reason I mention this to all of our KBN parents is because every day, in addition to the devotions that the pastoral team is putting out, Sister Kiara, who is the Director of Children and Youth Ministry, is also posting links to different children's devotions. And I want to make sure that all of you are aware of this and taking advantage of this. So understand that we are now four weeks into these devotions. Four weeks. So you have a rich depth of devotions and backwards you can work through the chronological calendar and find many devotions for your children to watch. Now, we did not put together these videos that are the children's devotions. However, I will let you know that Sister Kiara has personally selected every single one of these devotions after she watched them herself and then uploaded them. So all of them have been vetted by our children's ministry director all of them are devotions that we would feel comfortable with. And so as a parent of a KBN age child, if you're looking for something for your child to do, if you're looking for some spiritual encouragement, if you're looking for them to be engaged with scripture some way, some devotional thought that they could engage in, please visit our webpage at newarkupc.info. Click on the Gathering Hub card, and then you can begin to scroll backwards and see the different children's devotionals that have been posted every day in addition to all of the adult devotionals that our pastoral team is putting together. Having said that, let's go ahead and open with a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again that we have an opportunity to gather together. God, you are sustaining us during these very, very uncertain times. You are providing for us and all of our needs. And so here we are. It's our fifth Sunday that we are not meeting together in person. And yet you're protecting us and you're taking care of us. And even in these times of uncertainty, we know that we can turn to you. We know that we can lean on you. And so I pray that we continue to put our trust in you and that we live by faith, that we live with hope, and that we live as a light in our communities. And we ask that you continue to guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome back. And I have the pleasure of bringing a new topic for this upcoming week. And so I, in thinking about this week and trying to decide what to do in my own prayer time and in talking with God, I had two words that came to me several times. And so I decided to run with it for our theme this week. And it's the idea, look up. And those two simple words can convey so much meaning. 
and they have a lot of power in them, the idea of looking up. And so let's turn to the scriptures, and I want to read a passage, and this comes out of Luke chapter 21. And if you're familiar with this passage, you'll remember that Jesus in Luke chapter 21 is talking to his disciples, and they are leaving the temple grounds, and the disciples have mentioned to Jesus how impressive the temple is, and how impressive all the buildings are around it. And keep in mind, we're in the second temple period. This is after the temple's been rebuilt by Herod the Great. And this is not a building. It's a complex of buildings. This is not just one little area. This is a landmass that incorporates about 40 square acres. Think of it like the size of perhaps a county fair with many buildings. And there's a marketplace where they're selling animals and there's all kinds of additions and there's multiple entrances on each side. And there's a retaining wall that has been built up on one side that drops down onto a sheer cliff face on the other. So this is a huge edifice. It was the highlight of the city of Jerusalem. It was their pride and joy. And at the center and at the highest point in this temple grounds was the actual temple itself. And so as they're walking around these temple grounds and making their way out, the disciples are talking to Jesus, and he makes a comment to them that it's all going to be destroyed. And this kind of startles or perhaps surprises his disciples. And so in Luke 21, they come back to have a conversation with Jesus, and they ask when this is going to take place. And it's a pretty heavy chapter. It's a very serious chapter where Jesus begins to talk about these signs of the end times. These things are going to happen in these last days. And I would encourage you this week to go back and read Luke chapter 21 and see the words that Jesus say. And you may see some of it that you can find in history that's already happened. You may read some of it and say, well, that hasn't happened yet. And there's a lot of it that you could read and you could think, wow, this really describes the age we're in right now. And let me give you just a few highlights. As Jesus is outlining these future events, he mentions that nation would rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and that they would be going to war with each other. He talks about the idea of great earthquakes taking place and that there would be famine. And he mentions that there would be plagues in many lands. That sound familiar right now? And he mentions that many nations would be in turmoil and governments would not know what to do. And, he, and there's a whole lot of other elements there. My point tonight is not to do an eschatology lesson. And we could probably discuss the finer points of this and whether or not you think Jesus is referring to our age right now or it's still something that's to come. Or I think more realistically, time works in cycles. And so there are probably bits of Jesus' prophecy that occur in every generation or every few generations as people need to turn and they need to look to Jesus. And whether or not we're in this last cycle and whether or not Jesus' second coming is imminent, and I personally think that it likely is, but regardless of that, what I want to draw attention to is not the plagues, not COVID-19, not this coronavirus, not financial and economic turmoil that's taking place all over the world, not the threat of war and weird natural disasters and lots of earthquakes and tornadoes and all kinds of other things that are going on right now. But towards the end of this passage, in Luke chapter 21, and specifically in verse 28, after giving all of these warnings, Jesus says to his disciples, So when all of these things begin to happen, stand and look up. Now here's the exciting part. 
Why does he tell them to look up? He says, stand and look up for your salvation is near. In the midst of all of that chaos that he warned them about, in the midst of all of the struggle and everything that was going wrong and what could easily be perceived as a very, very scary time, Jesus says, when you see these things occur, stand and look up. Don't put your head down. Don't live in despair. Don't live like people without hope. He said, stand and look up for your salvation is drawing near. And he wanted his disciples to know that although these dangerous times, although these uncertain times would be coming, when the disciples, when we see these times coming, as Christians, we need to have a different perspective. We need to be able to look up and we need to recognize that our salvation is close at hand. Our salvation is near. Body posture is very important. The way that you carry yourself is important. Right now, I'm sitting in a chair. And for the most part, my posture is very upright. And I'm looking at this camera. And I'm trying to remember to smile as I'm recording this. And I want to make eye contact with the camera. Because body posture conveys a message. If I slump down and I pull my shoulders in. And you can't see it, but I pull my feet in in a bad posture and my head begins to look down and now I'm not making eye contact with the camera. This conveys something. This does not look like healthy body posture. This is not the posture of someone who's got an upbeat attitude, who's winning in life. This is the posture of someone who's in defeat. For all of you young people out there watching this devotion, take note of this as you begin to enter the job marketplace and as you do interviews with people, whether it's in person or a lot of your generation will probably do job interviews online. Don't sit like this. Don't have this kind of down posture. Do you see what happens when I just sit upright? When I pull my shoulders back? When I smile as I look at you? This body posture conveys something totally different than this slumped, defeated kind of body posture. You can read many, many self-help books. You can read many business articles and advice for people as they're going to job interviews. And somewhere in there, almost certainly, it's going to talk about body posture. It's going to talk about body language. And just the act of sitting upright and taking a deep breath opens up your lungs. It opens up your airways. Put a smile on your face. And it changes your outlook. It changes how you look at things. So take a lesson from the physical and apply it to the spiritual realm. There is something to be said for our spiritual body posture during this time as we're dealing with this crisis. Yes, things are nervous. Yes, things are tense. No, I don't know what's coming next. A lot of us are uncertain. Many of us, our jobs are getting a little Continuous, and we may not know exactly where our next paycheck is coming from. I know in calling and talking to some of you, and as the pastoral team is talking and trading notes with each other, we recognize some of you are without work right now. And it's scary. And to the best of our knowledge, at least as of this recording, we're not aware of anybody in our local assembly who has contracted COVID-19. 
but I'm certain at this point all of us know people or are connected or are aware of people who have this. And likely all of us know people who have now passed away and died because of this. And the world is a scary place right now. Nobody has answers for this. We don't fully understand this virus. We don't know how long we're going to be in this lockdown mode. And if we think about this too much, and if our perspective becomes too short-sightedly, both physically and even spiritually, our body posture begins to slump and it begins to sink and we begin to fold in. And it's harder and harder to keep an upbeat attitude. It's harder and harder to live a life of faith. And that's why spiritually, we have got to keep an upright posture and we have got to be able to look up because when we look up spiritually, it reminds us that our salvation is drawing near. Yes, it may be a dark time in the world right now, but that does not mean that God is not in control. It does not mean that he doesn't have a plan and he didn't see this coming. We can read the words of Jesus that are now almost 2,000 years old as he warned those first disciples, you're going to see rough times ahead and there are scary things that are going to come. And I'm going to warn you about them. But when all of this happens, look up because your salvation is drawing near. Let me give you another story out of the Old Testament now that demonstrates this same kind of principle. If we go back to 2 Kings chapter 6, we find a curious story. It's, it is a neat story. It has to do with the prophet Elisha. And in 2 Kings chapter 6, and I would encourage you to go back and read that chapter again later this week, one of the stories that's recorded about Elisha in this chapter, excuse me, I said Elisha, I mean Elijah. One of the stories that's recorded there. No, it is Elisha. I'm losing my train of thought. One of the stories that's recorded about Elisha there is that the king of Aram was at war with the king of Israel. And so as the king of Aram would make all of his plans and he would discuss his troop movements with his officers, they would decide where they were going to go and how they were going to attack the nation of Israel. And then God would speak to Elisha. And Elisha would go to the king of Israel, and he would warn the king of Israel, the king of Aram and his men are going to have their military stationed at such and such a place. Be careful of that area. You don't want to go there. And so they would avoid it. And then the king of Aram would go somewhere else. And again, God would speak to Elisha and he'd go to the king of Israel and he would warn him. And this happened multiple times to the point where the king of Aram became so frustrated that he called together his military officers and he demanded to know who the traitor was amongst them. And at that point, his officers in defense said, we're not traitors. We, we're not telling anybody what's going on, but we can answer this for you. There's a man of God. His name is Elisha. And God tells them what's going on. And they go so far as to say that Elisha knows the secrets that you even speak in your bedroom. And so the king of Aram is very, very frustrated by all this. And so he musters his army and he says, where is Elisha? And they tell him that he's in the city of Dothan. And so the king of Aram gets an army together and they're going to go march against the city and they're going to take care of this. They're going to get rid of Elisha. And so now we're going to jump into the story in 2 Kings chapter 6. And I'm going to start at verse 14. And it says, So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. 
And when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and he went outside, there were troops and horses and chariots everywhere. Now, I don't know about you, but I would think if I woke up one morning and all of a sudden there was a whole military parade not far outside my door, that would freak me out as it did this servant. And so the servant responds to Elisha and he says, oh, sir, what will we do now? And watch this. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than there on theirs. Verse 17. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And I love this. And when he looked up, the Lord opened that servant's eyes. And when the young man looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with chariots of horses of fire. So while there's a physical army standing in front of them, and it looks very intimidating, Elisha understood something that that young man didn't, and he prayed that the young man's spiritual eyes would be opened. And when that young man looked up, he realized that the hosts of heaven, the armies of God, were with Elisha. And although there was the king of Aram and his army standing in front of Elisha, God's army, with these chariots of fire, were all along the hillside, up above them, completely surrounding them, vastly outnumbering the physical army that was in front of them. Are you hearing what I'm hearing? To him who has ears to hear, let him hear the word of the Lord. Yes, it's dark right now, but if you will open your spiritual eyes and you will look up, God has this under control. And he has far more on his side than this virus is taking. And God has a greater plan than what's going on right now in the world around us. And if we look for the bright spots, You'll see that you have more time right now than you've probably had in a long time to call and to connect with people. You've got more time to spend with family. You have more time to be reading your Bible and to be praying and drawing close to God. You have more time and chances to be a witness and an opportunity to share this hope that you have with your neighbors and with unsaved family members and people around you. And yes, it's dark outside. But my brothers and sisters, I say, look up for our salvation draws near. I don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's coming. But if we will look up, if we will open our spiritual eyes, then we can recognize that God is still in control. He has a plan and our salvation is coming and it's nearer now than it's ever been before. And I don't know about you, but when I think about that, it brings me great hope. It brings me great comfort. It helps me smile and recognize, okay, I don't have this, but God does. So to my Newark family, I say this week, keep your chin up. Put a smile on your face. Spend time talking to God. Ask him to open your spiritual eyes and look up and recognize our salvation is close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you encourage us in your word. 
we thank you that even in dark times you have a plan and we know that you're still in control. And so as we read in scripture, both in this example in the Old Testament with Elisha, and then as we read in the New Testament with the words of Jesus, help us to remember to look up and to recognize our salvation is near and you have everything under control. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Newark family. I love you. I'm so sorry that we're unable to be together physically, but I am glad that we're able to join together in these devotions. I look forward to the other devotions that are coming this week, and let's make the best of this time and continue to look up. Have a good night. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, one more thing before we end this. I imagine that there are some of you, perhaps some of our younger audience members who are anxiously awaiting because I'm supposed to be making an announcement and letting you know who the winners of our Easter contest were. As far as those dishes that were all put online, we had 83 votes turned in, so I want to thank all of you for doing that, and I appreciate the level of participation that we had with this contest. In light of the level of participation that we had, stay tuned. Sometime in the next week or two, we're going to be announcing some more contests. I don't want to give anything away yet, and we're still trying to finalize what we're going to do, but continue to keep watching, and we're going to do this again. I think we had a good turnout for it. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad that you participated. I hope that you had fun doing it. And now on to the moment you've all been waiting for. Let's talk about our winners. So for the KBN age bracket, the winner of our Easter dish competition was none other than Dinah Lugo. Congratulations, Dinah. And now for our other category, for our ages 12 plus, the Easter contest results are in. And first place, are you ready for this with our age 12 plus? First place goes to none other than Sylvia Maddox. So congratulations, Sylvia, on that beautiful chocolate cake that you submitted. You did an excellent job, and obviously your church family thought so as well because you won and had the most votes by far. Coming in, I want to mention honorable mentions here. First place runner-up and second place, we had Angela Lopez with that beautiful braided uh, bread creation that she posted. And then second place runner-up, we also want to give honorable mention to Amy Vieira with her He Has Risen chocolate cake. And so, ladies, congratulations to Dinah and Sylvia. I will be in contact with you this week, and a church will get you a $25 Amazon gift card. To the rest of you, again... Have a good evening, and we'll see you later this week.